Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is called Bad Chemistry. And it's bananas. Did you like it a lot, huh? Yeah, I did. I liked it enough to text you, which you don't like before we record. I took the chance because I liked it that much. So that should tell you. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, But this episode had everything. (laughs) This episode literally encompasses a lot of the themes of our podcast, the themes of Dateline. Like it just, I felt like this was a pinnacle episode. And I almost felt like if we were ever going to stop the podcast, this would be the episode that we'd stop with. It would be like, well, we can't do anymore because we've reached the top of the mountain. And that's it. That's just assuming we'll never have any jokes other than what we've come up with till now. Well, I kind of always think that every week. Like, what else do I have to say? And then bidet mate comes and you're like, okay, well. Yeah. (laughs) So we're quitting, basically. We're not quitting. Sorry. Don't be confused. We're not quitting. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. You seem to enjoy the witch. So she's back. Uh, Is that a Robert Durst witch? That was the witch from our double date episode. Oh, yeah, I did like that. The, the witch from Death Next Door. Yeah. Bye, bye. <laughs> and you got really excited about it. So anyways, this episode, to me, I was delighted. I was like, this is a crazy story and it has a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, it does. This episode was recommended to us by Tanya. Not sure which Tanya. We have a few Tanyas. Tanya one. Thank you, Tanya one. The Tanya. The Tanya. Yeah. And... Not the Tanya from 90 Day Fiance. The good Tanya. No. Yeah, good Tanya. I don't know if I had seen this one. So thank no you, Tanya. Way. Yeah, well, it's a really old one. Tanya, you stumped the champ. I yeah. don't know what to say. Yeah. So this episode aired on September 18th, 2009. Season 18, episode one, featuring baby Keith. Like full-on babes Keith. We little babe Keith. I'd like to talk briefly. No. Okay. I don't like it when it's serious. Let's what is just that? jump right in. What did you want to talk briefly about? So Quarantine? Um, yes, I'm still here. You know the openings of Dateline episodes where they have the music? Yeah. And it's very sensual. And Oh, sometimes. And it's like, ooh, ooh. It's like, and then there's like um like almost like a moaning sound. And it's like like a lady who's feeling it. What are you listening to? What <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the Dateline intro and it's like Oh yeah. It's not sensual though. It it's not. Okay. It it is, and I'm not the only one that thinks that. There's other people that think it's sensual. Yes. So oh. Melissa said, um, from Patreon said, My boyfriend and I have a joke that the beginning of the episode and after each commercial break where the woman is singing, ooh, and there's a guitar playing, it's actually Andrea singing and Dennis playing guitar. In our mental image, Mank is in the background eating a steak and Keith is leaning on something. I want the Dateline producers to reveal this to be the truth. And so I asked them on Twitter for official comment mm-hmm. on this conspiracy theory before it spins Mm -hmm. out of control. And I asked why Lester Holt, who actually is in a band, is not part of this jam session. Well, maybe he is. Well, Dateline responded with the zipped lip emoji. (gasps) They're not saying. Um, Meg said he is definitely eating a steak in the background. 
Oh. Keith Morrison said, it all sounds right to me. <gasps> and um, and then people did want to discuss the moan. And Film Fatal said, um, does anyone else find the Dateline music sexy? Hashtag asking for a friend. <laughs> and then someone else was like, can we discuss the moan? Okay, it is a little sexy. I, I get it. I get it. I just don't want to admit it to myself. It's fine. I um, feel like it's gotten sexier over the years because I don't think this episode had the sexy music. No, this episode had a whole crazy intro, but is that because it was on ID? But I also haven't seen a ton of episodes from this particular year or that year, whatever. Yeah, I got However you. that works. Um, so Lester is in this episode, but mm-hmm. is it really, is it really a Lester if he's not wearing glasses and is not wearing a vest. Yeah, it was if definitely. If a tree falls in the woods <laughs> and Lester's not wearing a vest, does it even make a sound? Can we call this alternative universe Lester? Yeah. Because okay. sometimes he doesn't wear glasses, but then the no glasses and the no vest, it just, it's so odd to me. It was, yeah, it was stunning. It's jarring. So um, his name was Tim Schuster and he was having a bad day. A bidet? A <laughs> bidet? <laughs> a bidet mate. Okay. Um, and there had been so much chemistry once, Keith tells us. Mm. Hence a theme of many chemistry idioms and phrasing. We are back in the mousetrap. Yeah, we are. You know that, right? We are. No, because every time they show any photograph, B-roll, anything, instead of going to see an, a, a mousetrap, which is a, from our Patreon episode called Deadly Conspiracy, and they show the game Mousetrap every 2.5 seconds. All the time. But in this episode, it's like swirling liquid. It's like a, a vapors. Yeah. Vapors coming off. So it'll be like swirling into the next one, into the next one. Like, um, what's the, the PNCiv or the whatever it's called? The PNCiv, however you want to say it from Harry Potter. Pensive. I don't, I never called it that. I read it wrong the first time. Never could get it right again. Like a sieve. I like PNC better. <laughs> Is it French? Pionceve. Pionce. In the Pionceve. <laughs> and so anyways, there um it's like you're looking at like different sort of images crossing yes. over each other in a yes. haze of smoke. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So whoever was their intern this year for special effects, they had got to have a lot of fun. Jeremy? So it's like Jeremy and he's making he's kind of a hippie, like he's into the Grateful yeah. Dead. And so he's making a tie-dye effect oh, with yeah. every scene. So This is his masterpiece. This is his opus. He quit after this. Um, so Tim was a nurse. Larissa was a college student when they met. Where did they live, Katie? Um, Where did they live? And they lived in Clovis, California, not to be confused with what Kimberly and Chrissy Teigen refer to as a lady's flower called a Clovis. <laughs> this is an actual town. Um Near Fresno, California, in the Central Valley of California, about an hour from where I grew up. I used to go to the Clovis Lakes, the water slides. The Clovis Lakes sounds like they were water a slides. medical condition. They were water slides. It sounds like you need bladder leakage underwear. The, that's not the Clovis Leaks, the Clovis Lakes. <laughs> lakes like a body of water. What's wrong with you? Uh, that's, anyways, it was... Um, that's where the big water park, big fancy water park was. Oh, really? It was okay. in Clovis. Oh. Yeah, not in Fresno. So um, the sign that they show us says Gateway to the Sierras. 
Yeah. But I've heard that. Keith says to the heart of the California breadbasket. I'd never heard that before in my life. And I sort of need to ask my mom, but I forgot. I don't. What's the breadbasket? Because I don't. Calif- the ca- the heart of the California breadbasket? So if Clovis is the heart of the California breadbasket, then I grew up in the like scrappily part on the end of the breadbasket that's like, that's like bread. Part. That's bar- it's too crispy. It's not the good crispy. It's the bad crispy that tastes like charcoal. Yeah, that's so, rough. Yeah, um, right. Also, breadbasket could be another euphemism for Clovis. So, <laughs> so Larissa was an entrepreneur in the agricultural chemical field. So I guess pesticides, I guess. It's got to be. Okay. DDT. Um, he was Mr. Mom to their two kids. We're retiring that phase. We're not retiring Michael Keaton. I'm glad he's back again. See, this episode has everything. It has everything. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to actually even make any jokes in this episode because they've all been done. <laughs> this episode just touches on all of them. Uh, Keith notes that Tim was whipped. He doesn't whipped. say whipped. No. I, I can't. I wouldn't. Mank sometimes says whipped. Whipped. Yeah. Cool whip. And I don't. I love you, Mank. But that's my least favorite thing about you. Oh, man. That is harsh. Mank, she loves everything about you, even whipped. I do. I love, that's what I'm saying. That's my least favorite thing about him, and it doesn't even bother me that much. Okay, that's pretty good then. So, Tim was whipped. I thought that was really funny that Keith says that. That was really weird. Keith, that's judgy, but hilarious. But also, I don't didn't know that you even knew that phrase in 2009. It seems like it would be more like... He didn't, I feel like Keith would more say he didn't wear the pants in this relationship, did he? Right. Something like that. Like a euphemism like that. He found himself to be a cuckold. Oh, I don't know if he would say that. Because that's, he's been cheated on, right? He has. He has, but we don't know that yet. We don't know that yet, but still. And Uh, we get very little information about that, might I add. But it's like they say it and it was like, did it even happen? Or is she just bragging about it? No, I don't get yeah, yeah, we don't find out much. So don't get excited at home if you think this is an episode where there's cheating affairs and swingers. It's not. I think there is, but we don't find out for sure that there is. But I do kind of think there is. Um, you haven't lived in the Central Valley. <laughs> no, I haven't. So the teenage daughter, Kristen, she stood up to Larissa, her mom. She'd sneak out with boys and party. Larissa sent Kristen away to live with her grandparents in Missouri. P.S. I heard from so many of our listeners about last week's episode. They do say Missouri. They also say Missouri. It just depends Ah. on where in the state that you live. That's great. Um, Did you already say that they had two children named Tyler and Kristen? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. They also have a young son. Okay. So um, Tim was mad that she sent Kristen away, but he didn't say anything. Or as Keith said... Around then, resentment started to boil under the placid surface of Tim's demeanor. But he would suffer in silence, even as she spat out her belittling insults. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a (laughs) lot. (laughs) I love Keith saying spat. I love the whole thing. It really paints a picture. Yeah, it really does. Mm -mm. Yeah. So they have these adorable friends, this married couple. How cute are they? I really loved them. And I did ask my mom if we knew them. And she, we, do, <laughs> we do not. I asked specifically. I was like, do we know them? Are they family friends that I've never met? Oh, they're not. I'm so sad about that. That's okay. So these really cute friends of theirs, Mary and Bob Solis, who are adorable. Adorable. 
uh, say that Larissa would embarrass Tim in front of his friends and she would relish in it. She sounds amazing. So she told That's him he, really he wasn't a real man. That's nice to say in front of friends. She told everyone that she had an affair. Again, we don't really know if that's true. It's true. I have outside information. Do you want to know as we go? Sure. Do you want to know what else she said in public? Sure. It wasn't that she said he wasn't a real man. It's that she told everyone that he was impotent. Well, she did say that he wouldn't have sex with her. I sort of gathered that. So she just told everyone he was. That he had problems. That's like, nice. yes. Yeah. That he had problems in the sack and that also they slept in separate floors in the house. Oh, well. So it's pretty gnarly. I mean, I think that speaks more to uh, her as to him. Not that impotency is not a real medical problem, but would you want to have sex with this lady? She I don't, sounds super sexy what yelling at me, you in front of people. But she doesn't see that is what kills me. She thinks that like she's great and everyone thinks, ooh, she's sassy and sparky. No, she's not. She's like horrible and being awful she this larissa sounds as crazy as larissa on 90 day fiance yeah she really does Holty, he who goes against the queen must die i miss larissa what's she up to is she in prison no she's not in prison she, is she in wherever she's from or is she still here no she's in here las, she's in las vegas oh yeah she's somewhere in the u.s yeah wow although colty and mother debbie were just as creepy in their own right. They yeah, lived together whole, and he took his mom out on dates. That's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah. So Tim and Larissa tried counseling, but she used it to say we're getting a divorce, basically, which is like you could have just saved the money and told him that in person at home. Was she just a chicken? What What was that? I don't even know. I think she wanted to embarrass him further in front of someone else. Wow, she's a nightmare. That's really awful. So they were getting a divorce, and it was a full-on War of the Roses. They were fighting over money. They were fighting over their young son. Yeah. Larissa sent a young male employee, and you're wondering why is Keith mentioning that it's a young male employee? We'll find out soon. Oh! Because <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, why is Keith mentioning that? Was she sleeping <laughs> with this young male employee? Oh, but I should have trusted Keith that he doesn't just throw in nuggets for nothing. He throws in a useful nugget. So they had, she had this young male employee break into the house and steal back things that belonged to her. After the break-in, Tim grew a backbone and a few other things. He bought a gun. The friend, yeah. this Mr. Solis, said he's starting to get some stones. So now uh, it's official. Yeah. We have a Clovis and we have stones this episode yeah. is full-on anatomy class up in here. Yeah, and she works in a lab, so it's it intense. It is the reproduction bowling song from Grease 2. <laughs> there is a lot of reference to, like... Two people got that. Yeah, but they loved it. Mm -hmm. um, they're all the references to him, like, not being very forthcoming. Like, him being kind of like a shy wallflower. And him being passive and her being very aggressive. Right. Is what it seems this to be. This episode continuously emasculates him, but then props up his mask. This is a real course in toxic masculinity and the pressures that society puts on men. Um, I feel like this is more a case of toxic femininity when this woman is taking like total, total control away mm -hmm. and being like, we're not going to share this. I'm going to have all of it. Right. What's that called? I don't know, but she's giving feminists a bad name. She certainly we is. We just she's... want equality. 
she's giving women a bad name. She might also be giving humans a bad name. Just period. Just the human species. She's giving them a bad name. Larissa we were doing is. a pretty good job on our own, though. Yeah, we, we were. We didn't need this, though. This doesn't help it. No, it this doesn't. definitely like makes the it worse. If the aliens are watching, yeah. hopefully they didn't see this episode. Hopefully if the aliens are watching, they will just ignore all Larissa's. Just, just ignore the Larissa's. I don't know. Maybe, sorry, Larissa's out there. It's also... So one day Tim loses his job as if he's not already going through enough. And the next day he's supposed to meet with the human resources person at his company. He doesn't show up. So the friends are all concerned. Victor Uribe, another adorable friend. Are these men all Hawaiian or something? They're just so cute. I don't know. What is Solis? That sounds Solis. like Hispanic. I'm not sure. Um, they are. Yeah, they are very cute. And they're very um, animated and talkative. And they're great they're gossipy. interviews. gossipy. I love it. Yeah. And Mary's, Mary's great, too. And then you're right. The friend, This friend is also great. But side note. I don't know why Dateline leaves this out, but he's actually not going to meet with HR the next morning. Or he is. He's having like his exit interview. But what I found out was he's actually going to meet Mary Solis for breakfast. He was supposed to meet her for breakfast and they were both going to the exit interview together because she also got fired. Oh, Mary. I know. And I guess that her and uh, Tim used to have breakfast together. And so they were especially this morning because they were both having or occasionally they'd have breakfast together before they'd go into work. And so this morning they were going to have one last breakfast before they went to their exit interviews. Oh. I thought that was really I thought that was really sweet. I don't know. It bums me out that like Mary or Bob or one of them didn't pull Larissa aside at some point and say, hey, you're really being a jerk to Tim. You like, think she would have listened? No, I don't. I think she would have been proud that someone noticed. Yeah, she's a piece of work. You're right. You saw that. Thank you. I put a lot of work into how demeaning I am towards him. I think she'd say, you saw that. That's great. You saw his response, right? She'd immediately flip it into like how he did her wrong. Because she very much believes that she's a victim of him. So it's, well, you saw that like he gave me that look, right? Mm -hmm. I had to say that because of the look. What look? The look that you imagined? You saw how unattractive it was that I made him cry. No wonder I cheated on him. No wonder I had to cheat on him yeah. in 1993. So is that when it happened? That's when it happened, which also makes me laugh. But that's like, that's like. It's 10 years ago. It's in 2003 when this takes place. Wow. But like she, um, she's clinging to it because she can't get another one going. <laughs> so she's clinging to that one, that one night. That one night. So his friends are all concerned. Victor, the, another cute friend, goes, and I'm not saying cute, like cute, like hot. I'm saying cute, like these are just adorable men. Does that make sense? He's an adorable middle-aged man with a genuine personality, and it's easy to like him. Yeah. So he goes to the house to check on Tim, and he finds his cell phone there and his truck, and his wallet was in the truck. So not a robbery. Victor says it was very strange. And then Keith in voiceover says it sure was. I love this call and response thing that Dateline does sometimes when someone will say something in an interview, like they'll say it in an interview to the producer, mm -hmm. who, whoever they're talking to. And then the host answers in voiceover to us, like pulling us in, making it a three way conversation. <laughs> I love that. It really emphasizes the fact that it was indeed strange. So the adorable friends, the the uh, Solises, 
they call the police and they tell them Tim is missing and he has a gun because he had recently gotten this gun. So Keith says they weren't worried that Tim had gone postal on anyone, which reminds us that this is 2009. Mm -hmm. But maybe he had hurt himself out of depression. He had the divorce. He had his daughter being sent away. He was having child custody issues with his son and he had just lost his job. I mean, he's like Job or something like he's being crapped on by the universe at this point. Yeah, so he really is. We meet this detective with a mustache says mm-hmm. that Clovis kind of has a small town kind of old school thing going on there, which is exactly how I describe my Clovis um, oh. and has small town charm. I apologize. Everyone. He says that Clovis prided itself on its low crime rate. Nope. Stop. Same. Don't. Same. So the the friends say that Tim wasn't depressed. He was excited to be rid of freaking Medusa. She was evil. Was Medusa evil? She the one with the hair with the snakes? She turned people to stone. So I think that's evil. So um, he was excited. He would never have left his son with her because she was a demon. And... So they don't think he did anything. He killed himself. So the detective thought maybe he went on a joyride to Vegas or into the mountains. He just needed some time to get away. And they even flew a helicopter into the fields behind their home looking for heat sources. I did not understand this. Are they using that like tracker to see if there's a person out there? Like it would light up like on infrared goggles or something. But I don't understand. So they weren't worried, but they used the heat copter. Yeah, it was weird. That has to be expensive. The heat copter is like, you need a ton of file extra paperwork to get did they, use of the heat copter. Did they just get it? Is it a new toy? Oh, yeah. They were they were looking for an excuse to use it. Okay. Yeah, that sounds much more correct. I mean, it is a good reason to use it, but it's only a good reason if you suspect that something has happened. And at this point, you're saying that it doesn't seem like they suspected any foul play. Right. They just thought that he had gone off. Right. So I don't know why they would use the heat copter unless they were worried that yes, something that's... bad had happened. Hmm. So the police asked Larissa to come in to the mm-hmm. station, talk. She's quite calm. She says she doesn't think he would leave his son. But the detective asking her the question doesn't really give her a choice in the way she answers it. He phrases it like, listen, I'm a dad and there's no way I would leave my son. But basically, is there a chance Tim is um, a worse man than I am and would leave his son? And so, of course, she says, oh, yeah, no, I don't think he would leave his son. Like, how else was she supposed to? What else did you think she was going to say? And so then the detective phrases it another really weird way. He says, Larissa, are you the type of person that could have something to do with him going missing? Again, She's get, she could say no to that, honestly, even yeah. if she killed him. Because you, I did it, but I'm not the type of person to do something like that. It's a little bit of a Mickey double negative. It's a little bit of a like, wh- where, where are you going with that? Yeah. Are you the kind of person that could think about roughing up a fella? It's weird. It's I don't know. also a way a lot of people get out of answering, how did you kill someone? Because they, instead of saying, no, I didn't, they say, I'm not the type of person to do something like that. Why would that I do something like that? That doesn't answer the question. Right. 
That's answering the question with a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So Larissa says she's not the type of person to have something to do with him going missing. But I think she doesn't really know herself. And the best way to find yourself is through therapy. Correct. What interferes with your happiness, Katie? What stops you from achieving your goals? My cats. I think the right answer is you. You? It is. It's Kimberly. Kimberly keeps me from achieving my goals. <laughs> For me, what interferes with my happiness and stops me from achieving my goals is anxiety. I have been yeah. biting my nails until they bleed and eating my weight in Pop-Tarts. That is the form my anxiety is taking right now. It's really fun. But better help will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in the safe and private space of your own home. It's like online. You can phone, video, text with your counselor. It's so convenient. You can start communicating in under 24 hours and you can send a message to your counselor at any time. Amazing. Because sometimes it, you just start freaking out for no reason and you're like, I need help right now. That's great. That's a great service. So you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions to discuss things like your lack of stones or the fact that you're whipped or Lester isn't wearing glasses or a vest and it freaks you out. Whatever yep. level of situation you're having, BetterHelp can help you with that. It's available worldwide. The counselors are specialized in all kinds of issues. It is easy. It's confidential. It's affordable. What are you waiting for? I want all of you, I'm talking to each and every one of you, to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. You can join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. That's amazing. I didn't know that many people use the service. That's so cool. Well, that shows you it works. That shows you they like it. Yeah. And oh, speaking of the, knowing that it works, you can go on their website and read testimonials from people who use the service. Exactly. Super helpful. So again, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline because everyone can use a little better help. Thank you so much, BetterHelp. We are loving working with you, and I love that your service is helping so many people. Thank you, BetterHelp. So then a cop finds, going through all of Tim's paperwork, uh, in his ledger, what is a ledger? Should I have one? No, remember, you've asked this every time. A ledger is like where sometimes gentlemen, sometimes ladies, but I feel like it's mostly gentlemen have a ledger, and it's where they keep, like, notes of like expenses and things like that. It's like a household expenses book. Is it like um, where you have a yellow pad and it's inside a leather bound portfolio? Yeah, that would be a ledger. But normally it's like a leather book. But oh. those pages do have that little line on them. And it's like lined paper inside. And it's a leather book. Hmm. I'm going to get one, but with vegan leather. So a cop finds in Tim's That's ledger. That's leather. The name James Fagoni and James Fagoni, which I keep thinking is Joey Fatone. No, it is not Joey Fatone. Um, he was the guy who broke into Tim's house the year before to steal mm -hmm. the stuff back from for Larissa. 
something the we should also male employee. Exactly. And something we should also explain is that they lived in separate houses. At that Tim time. Tim did move out. So they had been living apart, I think, for several years at this point. And the reason that they broke in, the reason that Joey Fatone, I mean, young Fagoni and much, much older Larissa broke into Tim's house was because she had felt like when he moved out, he took furniture that she wanted. Mm-hmm. It's always about furniture. It really is. Ladies How much can it furniture. be? Where did they go? They went to Ethan Allen and she just cleaned house. I'll take the entire dining set. All of it. Wrap it up. Have it delivered. Is that what happened? It <laughs> <Yeah>. didn't. <laughs> but I need to be on the payment plan. Is that, that right? I don't think she sounds like I that. I think but. they went to living spaces. So Living spaces. So James Fagoni was 21 years old and a personal assistant to Larissa's Clovis. And a complete bag of wieners. He worked for her and also babysat her son. I feel like something more was going on. I do too. I found no evidence of that. And boy, did I try. Well, but there's weird the stuff. The police couldn't find anything. The police maybe didn't go on the internet as much as I do. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, not saying that I'm as good as a policeman. They used Ask Jeeves back then. And it, uh, it didn't provide the necessary results. So, I don't know. I also, come on, I grew up in the Central Valley. I don't know how up-to-date their systems are. That's know. true. So, um, Oh, wait, they know. They had a heat-seeking helicopter. Never yeah, mind. You're I take right. it back. Totally. I take it back. Yeah. So they were using Bing. So yeah. James's lawyer says he had an over 4.0 grade point average. I, I need to talk about this. I, when someone might, necess- might be involved in a murder, I don't need their lawyer telling me how good their GPA was. I had over a 4.0 GPA and look at me now. There's not a law that I have not broken on my climb to the middle slash bottom of the podcasting field. I see. Um, how Wait, were James's I... SAT scores? Because that's the measure of if you'd kill a man. Um, when he is in his police interview, James says some things that lead me to believe that he is really, really not smart. Like many things. Yeah, he And does. he's also in a tank top. And he seems real dumb. And so when the lawyer says he has a 4.0 grade Mm -hmm. average, it actually made my stomach hurt. So that's what a 4.0 GPA grade average (laughs) looks like like in the Central Valley. (laughs) Now I'm going to say this. I did not have a 4.0 GPA. So what does that say about me? Mm, I think they thought you could handle it. You could earn it on your own. But James, they just gave it to him. They're like, this kid's not going to get anywhere. Let's just give it. He's not going any, anywhere in life. Let's just give it to him. It was like a pity GPA. He was being considered for Annapolis, he said. No. Annap- that's what the lawyer His said. His mom set him up with a pretend actor guy who pretended he was going to take him to Annapolis. He was not. That was fake to boost his self-esteem. You think his mom cared a lot about James <laughs> no, I do to not. let her hang out with this no, like, I do not. late 40s woman no, who may or may a, not be trying to get into his pants? It is a program to boost the self-esteem of the young and not bright boys of Clovis where an actor would come in and pretend to it was like um, project self-esteem like my mom was the head of at my school and they come in and Pretend that they were going to help you go places in this world 
oh, the places you'll go, because they knew really where you were going was the local Mickey D's. So they, no shame in that. So I'm going to say again, I did not have a 4.0 GPA. Right. So I wasn't even feel like that you were dumb and needed it, needed a boost of a fake self-esteem. You're a really good friend, but I think we all know what it means. That you're dumber than James? Maybe. It's this has been an episode of realizations, <laughs> horrible realizations. Um, you know what? I think you need to call better health. Boy, do I ever now more than ever need <laughs> some help. I'm upset. Is there like a genetic issue that comes from Clovis? Are you saying there's something in the water there or it's just the school system? I think it's the water. We've all been to Clovis Lakes. So everyone that goes on those water slides like you're you're getting that water in somehow. Who knows what they're putting Didn't in that water? Didn't you say water. it smells like cows everywhere and poop? That's not Clovis. It might smell like that in Clovis. It more smells like that down where I am in sort of Hanford, Visalia, Tulare area. Smells like um, eggs or cows, depending. Hmm. Hmm. Chickens. <laughs> Livestock. Again, like my... Oh! <laughs> so um, they bring in the young Fagoni... And he admits that he did break into Tim's house the year before to get yeah. some of Larissa's stuff. He has no game. He has no sense of lying. Again, takes a lot of smarts to lie. He's not that brave. So he right away is like, oh, yeah, I totally broke into his house last year. Larissa was with me and we broke in to get some of her stuff back. And right. then the cop plays dumb and is like, Tim, who's Tim? And does he do that? He really? Does. He's like, oh, my Tim? gosh. Tim who? Oh, boy. And uh, James says, Tim Schuster, hmm. the one who. Oh, and the, the cop is like, oh, right. The guy, the reason we're here. Um, <laughs> the guy who is gone, girls. Um, I understand now. OK, so a little bit more into the questioning. He says he was at Tim's house the night he went missing. He breaks, they don't give us the exact time code of when he gives it up, but they make it seem like it was about 15 minutes into the interview. It, they do. I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, if it was... this was not a 20-hour interrogation before he finally cracked. Yeah, this is not Brendan Dassey. Let's get real. He's also 21. So he had been babysitting for them for how many years? I don't know. Okay, sorry. So he was like a manny. As, is that a sexist term? Probably. I don't know. Is he the reason that Kristen had to go away? Was he into Kristen? I don't know. No, she was going out with boys her own age, I think. She was in okay. high school. I hope he wasn't with her. But he was just out of high school. Okay, anyways, go ahead. All right. Also, was he just out of high school? Or did he not graduate from high school until maybe age 20? That's a term, yeah, loosely used. I'm not sure. He was what they would call a super senior. He had a 4.0. Again, 4.0. <laughs> Again, I think that was they said above. They said above a 4.0. I know. Right. Which a- AP class was he taking? Chemistry? So I don't know who this reflects worse on. Me? No, probably me. But maybe you a little <laughs> bit. Because that guy also. Yeah, that's above true. Above a 4.0. Yeah, you're right. Now I feel bad. Okay, good. We all feel bad. So that's what this episode is supposed to do. Just bring you down. Everyone take you down a level. and Be like. It can happen to anyone can murder, I guess. I don't know. That's not a very good lesson. Okay. That hurts. So 
he says, I was at the Tim's house the night he went missing with a stun gun. And the mm. cop says, did you use it at all? He says, yeah, I used it on him a couple times. And the cop says, where did you zap him first? That seems inappropriate. That, yeah. He's not that a mosquito. Yeah. That's offensive. Yeah, so that. James says he zapped Tim. And the story he proceeds to tell causes our beloved Keith to yell, good God, and the music to go all thundery like a sound effects guy is shaking a tin roof panel. Yeah. But we don't get to hear the story right away. No. Which, that's so frustrating when they do that. So That's their job. They have to do that. Then Keith says, why would a good student like James hurt Tim again? Good grades are not an indicator of murder. Apparently they're not. James's lawyer says he would have never done it on his own. And I was yeah. like, what did he do? What made you say good God to Keith? Tell me so I can say good God to. Yeah, tell us the story. Finally, we get to the story. He was with Larissa that night and she said, you're going to be my helper. Again, he's 21. He's not five. Like being mommy's little helper. It's so weird. She gave him two grand, though, to be his her little helper. So it she was, did. We find that out right away. Yeah. Two grand. So okay. the night Tim was laid off, they met at Tim's house with the stun gun. She went mm -hmm. up to the house and knocked on the door and told Tim that their son was sick. Oh, that's horrible. That's awful. So he answers the door and James tackles him. And Larissa jumps on too, and they stun him or zap him, I guess. Then James throws the stun gun away in a porta potty on the outskirts of town. And so they stun him. And what do they do? Do they not tell us at this point anything past the stunning? Okay. Yeah. So they give us the story in pieces. Okay. Yeah. They throw the stun gun. He throws the stun gun in a porta potty in the outskirts of town, and the police actually retrieve it. And Keith is horrified, both delighted and disgusted. He's horrified that they had to dig around in poopy. That does sound like a horrible job. Who gets that job? The intern? The intern. We need someone to get because what the do you guy do? You on have to, probation. Because you have to pull up bucket after bucket. Oh, man, that's not OK. Mm -hmm. Ugh. So at the same time, as they're talking to James, a lady contacts the police and says that her boss, Larissa, had asked her to rent a truck with her credit card, not Larissa's credit card. And she thought that was weird. This is like the same day. So I'm guessing she heard about Tim going missing and that's why she's calling in. But something oh, else. Oh, you think so? Why else would she call the police randomly? I don't know. I was really wondering why. Yeah. I, I feel like there was something else to it. I feel like, I don't know. Someone heard about it and told her, I'm sure it goes around. Like if your boss's husband goes missing, everyone's gossiping. But they didn't hear that like Larissa young, might be involved or no Fagoni had been taken into police like headquarters. They didn't. That wasn't the impetus for that call. Right. No. So the year earlier, the employee had also been asked by Larissa to rent a storage unit near the biochemical company where they worked under the employee's name, but Larissa was going to pay for it. So the police oh, that's think so weird. that's really weird too. So yeah. they go to the storage unit and they open it and they're hit with a smell. Oh, 
And the cop says he's wearing basically coronavirus gear. He's wearing a mask and he's all covered up. They see a barrel. Never a good no, sign. Barrel never in a, a storage sign. unit. And he opens up the barrel and he finds portions of a body decaying, sticking out of acid. Who does this besides the cartel? Yeah, I'm sorry. We also had a barrel once before. What other barrel have we had? There was, um, a, no, that was more, I think, Tupperware in the desert. Um, it was a sister Who was the wife's barrel? murder. Yeah, there's been a barrel, but I can't remember it. I'm thinking, mm, maybe I'm thinking wrong. I don't know. I just okay. started Ozark and there's the barrel and it's a cartel. Oh, boy. Also, I had been toying with the idea of doing an acid peel on my face since I'm sheltering in place and no one's, I'm not seeing anybody and they make your face all red and peely. I can't tell if this episode has discouraged me from doing it or encouraged me from doing it. I haven't decided yet, maybe by the end of the episode. So they go to James and they say, well, guess what? We just found this thing. And mm-hmm. he admits- Is he still in police head? Is this a different day? No, literally the same time, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. So they- he admits that they dragged him to the storage unit and into a, a barrel and put the fuming acid into it. And James even says that the acid hurt his little lungs, his little mommy's little helper lungs. So sad. Sorry, James. So the cops realize that he might have still been alive when they poured the acid on him because they had just stunned him and maybe choked him. But he might no, have still been alive. Chlor- they had chloroformed him. Larissa had chloroformed him and he- and James had stunned him and then put his head in a bag. So he may have suffocated. They tied or a bag around not. his head or may not have. But either way, it's horrible. No, I would say it's worse if he was still conscious. Of course. That's horrendous. Yeah. So Tim had saved voicemails from Larissa and they are something else. Wow. So with the cops, she's all nice and mild-mannered like Rose on 90 Day Fiancé. But then on the voicemails, she's like Rose on 90 Day Fiancé after Big Ed asked her to take an STD test. Yeah. She tells him to burn in hell. Yeah. And says, nope, he's going to burn with acid. So she she says, just you wait. It's coming, sweetheart. Who does that? Like what? How mad? I think a lot of people leave voicemails like that. But how dumb are you? But do a lot of people do that if they're planning on killing the person? No, it's not smart. You're right. It's really dumb. So what's her GPA? I don't think she thought he was smart enough to save them. So the cops try to talk to her, but she's gone, girl. She's on her way to Missouri to visit her family um, with her son. She's taking her son with. And so they track down the local cops and they go to the airport and they are waiting for her when she lands and they arrest her. She doesn't ask the cops why she's being arrested, what happened to Tim, how did he die. She's supposed to just think he's missing at this point. Right. So that's freaking suspicious. The only thing less suspicious than not asking how he died or for sure that he's dead is to ask, was he found in a vat of acid? And then He wasn't when the found cops... in a barrel by any chance, was he? And then when the cops look at you weird, you say... Oh, well, um, it was a running nightmare for him. He had a real phobia about winding up in a vat of acid ever since he saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So that's 
that's the reason why I'm asking that question. It's not totally out of the blue. So, is that what I was thinking of when I thought there had been a dateline? Is that what you were thinking of when you thought it was a dateline, but it was Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I doubt it. I've only seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit one time. Oh, I used to watch it religiously. I was not allowed. Go ahead. <laughs> I had to sneak. I had to sneak Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I remember that distinctly. There are cartoons in it because of Jessica Rabbit. She's too sexy. I'm sure that was it. If my mom was here, I'd ask her. That's crazy. I okay. It, I thought it was too scary growing up, but I still watched it. But I was scared of it for sure. It was kind of scary, right? Yeah, it's kind of scary. Okay. So they arrest James. Yes. No, um, they arrest both of them. Both of them. They arrest uh, Larissa and they arrest James. And um, the friends that are so cute, the Solises are shocked because they knew she was a total B word, but they didn't know she was an M word. Um, and the the guy, Mr. Solis, Bob, he has the best line of the episode where he says, what kind of person was this that was in our house? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hilarious. My new favorite no. quote. And then it's what Keith says. Keith Drinking your wine. Yeah, he's like, you fed her. You gave her your wine. And the friend he- says, I gave her friendship. Yeah, I think it was. He wanted to get off the wine. He was like, "Okay, I maybe gave her the wine. But more importantly, Keith, Keith, I gave her my friendship. That's better than two buck chuck. Okay, that is my golden friendship. Now, the detectives are trying to figure out if James and Larissa were boning. She was 20 years older than him. She was his Mm -hmm. boss. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say get it, Larissa. There's no shame in that. But I don't think. Gross. I don't know if she was getting it. They think it was more hero worship. There's shame in that. And I was like, her? Oh. He was hero worshiping her? Okay. Mm, I don't know what was going on. I still have questions. Or maybe he's just as bright as I am. (laughs) It's unsure. Unsure. On paper, you guys are equal bright. My ego has taken a big blow in this episode. I am much. Well. No, I don't know. I don't know where I stand. Keep going. I'll figure it out. (laughs) So Larissa's lawyer, Roger Knuckle. Rabbit. Nuttle. Rabbit. Rabbit. Um, Possibly Knuckle. Possibly Nuttle. I rewound several times. All right. He, I'd like to give him a Nuttle sandwich. He he thinks that James did it alone without Larissa because he was trying to impress her or save her from this bad dude, Tim, who wasn't bad at all. Mm-hmm. There's no physical evidence that she was there last that night. They only really have James's word to go on. James goes on trial first. His lawyer says he thought Larissa just wanted to rob Tim. That's why he went there with the stun gun. He takes the stand, but we don't get to see it. He says that he was actually afraid of Larissa and of what she'd do to him if he double-crossed her. And he comes off as this very sweet kid, apparently. But the jury finds him guilty. So for Larissa's trial, it's now become too famous in Clovis. She's She's Clovis famous, one might say. So... The trial has to be relocated to somewhere where the case wasn't well known. And besides, there are these wildfires going on everywhere, I guess. So everyone was focused on that. But Keith says the prosecution's case was burning, too. Whoa. And I thought he meant like it was it's on fire. Like it was doing great. It was hot. But he meant it was burning up. No, that still means it was doing good. Burning out. No, burning out. He's trying to say the opposite. Oh, okay. I think he should have said burning out. Okay. So 
James was filing an appeal and he has the right to not incriminate himself so he doesn't have to testify in Larissa's trial. And since you can't cross-examine a video, they can't play the video of him confessing in court. So they don't have that big gotcha thing. But I feel like a confession is separate. It's not a police interview that they're talking about specifically. It's a confession. So why couldn't they? You know they have to have a written confession of this. Why wouldn't they be able to include a written confession from uh, James? I guess I would think what they could do is have the cop who took the confession, who was in the interrogation room, maybe that cop could testify. Is that And they could cross-examine that cop. Is that hearsay, though? Well, he was right there. He's a cop. I know. Cops are allowed to testify about people's, what they say, right? I would hope so. I don't really understand hearsay, to be honest. I think everything's hearsay. I heard it. It's hearsay. (laughs) I don't understand. So I'm going to get so many comments now. Yes, you are. That was a a rough statement. It's all right. Keep going. (laughs) So At your own peril. (laughs) So there are these voicemails that, thank God, Tim kept. And they can play those to show how horrible Larissa was. You think he did it on purpose? I do. I've seen it before on Datelines. And it's it's evidencing if if because they were fighting over their child. So I think it was for family court. Yeah. I was kind of actually shocked that she had full custody of Tyler. When they played the voicemails, I was like, how did she have full custody of him? Maybe that was something that was coming. And that's part of the reason this happened. I didn't see any evidence of that. But maybe he was going to file with the court again. Oh, I think they were fighting over the son. Yeah, I think they said that on the show. I think he definitely, I don't, I don't know why she got it because she's the mom and she probably seems really nice when she's in family court. But if he had those audio tapes, I feel like that would be like really for a judge to hear that they'd know that the mom was going to poison the kid against the dad. But those are the kind of messages Mm -hmm. and they don't like that. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I think that's probably why he was saving them. But why didn't they work the first time? Why didn't he use them in family court? Maybe he didn't have a good lawyer the first time. Or he had, maybe they were new messages and he didn't save them the first time. It just seems odd that she would have full custody when they describe him as, quote unquote, Mr. Mom. Yeah, it's weird. So. So um, Mm. she says on these voicemails, she calls him a pathetic B- a word, a hole. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of prostitution, W H word. Yeah, and it reminds prostitution me, horses. And she, it reminds me of Chantal from Ninety Day Fiance, who says B A. I can't say that. What can I say? B A S L A W H. This doesn't work. We can't just list letters. <laughs> People know what I'm saying. No, B-A-S-A-W. B-A-S-A-W. It has not an acronym that is a new thing that we're doing. That's not. mm -mm. Basaw. Not to be confused with the, what's the one from a couple weeks ago? The Christian Bike Club. Oh, God. (laughs) It was like 16 letters (laughs) long. It was in a full equation. Yeah. That thing was nuts. Yeah. Uh, So she is just, Larissa's just super classy, basically. Oh, yeah. Um, The classiest. Speaking of classy. Yeah. What's classier? Some of the moms out there. Oh, there's nothing classier than a mom. Let's accept this one. Larissa. Oh, boy. Most moms are not like this. Yeah. Most moms are classy and we love them and we want to give them the very best Mother's Day present as it's approaching. And not just moms. Grandmoms, too. 
Oh, my grandma's 90th birthday party was the most beautiful thing. Oh, but the one thing that I realized is that I wanted a way for the whole family to be able to keep in touch with her and not just on special occasions, but year round. Nowadays, staying in touch with those we love is more important than ever. And the easiest way to do it is with Skylight. Skylight is a photo frame you can email photos to anytime from anywhere. It's a great way to feel close to those you love, even when you're far away. Oh, I love that. It's great. Some cool features of a skylight frame is that multiple people can send photos to the frame. So it's a great way for like an entire family or an entire network of friends to be able to keep in touch. It sets up in under 60 seconds. You just plug it in, use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network and enjoy it. Sending photos to skylight is honestly effortless. All your family or friends need to do is email photos as an attachment and it'll pop up in their home screen in seconds. Oh, that's so cool. It's so cool. They can wake up one morning and have a whole new set of pictures. Oh, yeah, it's really special. It also looks really sleek. It has a black frame, so it looks like an actual real photo frame. And it adds like it adds a beautiful touch to your home. It looks really nice. All set up. You can swipe through the photos with just a finger and then you can even tap to thank the person who sent the photo. It's pretty cool. That's really cool. It's like technology and beauty. There's also 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. And like I said, you can preload it with your favorite photos for a special Mother's Day gift. You can put pictures of it of you and your significant other, your spouse, your dog, your cat, another grandparent anyone. You can also send pictures of like events that you go to. That's what we were doing for my grandma's at her birthday. Everyone at the party was like sending pictures they had on their phone of things they had done. Oh, that's so cute. I know. It was really cool. My cousin was putting all of his rock climbing photos on there. It was really, it's cool. So she can see everybody just doing their daily lives, doing their hobbies. Now is a special holiday offer. You can get $10 off your purchase of a skylight frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash date and enter code DATE. That's right. $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com slash date and enter code DATE. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash date. How awesome. What a good gift that is. It's an amazing gift, and it's a great way to show mom that she means something to you this Mother's Day. Check it out, everybody. Unless your mom is Larissa. In which case, please don't give her a skylight frame. That's way too nice a gift for someone like Larissa. Yeah. So Larissa says on these voicemails, I'm so glad I'm getting divorced from you because I can't stand your effing guts. She talks to him like Jan Levinson Gould minus the Gould talks to Michael Scott in the dinner party episode of The Office. I thought of it multiple times. She really does. And also, James Fagoni kept reminding me of Tyler, her intern (laughs) slash one night stand. Yeah, that one night. This is, we're living it. This is live. (laughs) So the cop with the mustache says the voicemails are rude, vulgar, and disgusting. Or as my mom, Joni, would say, rude, crude, and tattooed. Ooh, oh, what's Joni? She's she's said that expression since I was born. Rude, crude, and tattooed. She thinks it's sassy. But nowadays, I think many people that are tattooed are neither rude nor crude. No, and might take offense. I don't think she means it offensively, though. No, she doesn't. So she says on these voicemails, you a-hole, 
I hate your guts so much I can't even stand you, which is redundant. And I find that rude because I think it's implied by the hating your guts that it stands to reason you can't stand a person. Mm -hmm. The mustache cop says the jurors were shocked by the tapes. They couldn't believe that a lady would talk to someone like that. Um, Larissa is no lady. Mm -mm. Also, a lady wouldn't say that, but a lady would put someone in a vat of acid. Would she? She would do it while wearing pearls and lace gloves. Deborah Tipton of Memphis. No, Deborah Tipton. Would she go near a vat of acid? She would if it would make that skin baby smooth, but she would not put a lover or a husband in a vat. I hate your guts. Yeah, but that's the extent of it. She wouldn't put him in acid. Yeah. It is really like a cartoon villain. It's really bizarre. It's yeah. just I bet she has like an evil laugh that she does too. What's so weird is it's like a joke. That's the joke, right? Put I'm going to put you in a barrel of acid. It's like Is it's that not... a joke? No, but it's like something that... It's like the extreme murder, right? It's the Jeffrey Dahmer murder. That's what Jeffrey Dahmer did. Right. So it's a serial killer way to kill someone. Yes. It's a joke in that it's very outlandish. Yeah. Did he do that? He did. Yes, he did. Did he eat people? Yes, he did. Before or after the acid? Um, He would cut them up and then put the body parts in acid. Then what was he eating? He would do it before. All sorts of stuff. Spleen. I don't know. All sorts of stuff. He ate a bunch of stuff, organs. So he wasn't just eating like a chicken leg. No, it was like sweet meats. It's like Hannibal Lecter. Oh, oh. I'm pretty sure it was like that. I could be wrong. I think it was brains too. Oh. I'm not sure. Dahmer was rough. So one of Larissa's former employees testifies that there was a news story that was um, about a woman who had ran over her husband. And Larissa, seeing this, said, I would do the same thing if I could get away with it. Mm-hmm. Larissa, hold your cards close to your vest. No. I'm going to tell you something I wish someone would have told me. You don't have to say everything that pops into your head at your place of employment. Some things can be saved for your weekend times. It's good advice. It's really good advice. So there's the fact that Larissa had the employee get the storage locker in the employee's name. She was still paying for it. Again, and the barrel was found in this storage unit. It's not like there's no connection here. So then there's the acid. Yeah. If there was a star among the bits and pieces of evidence, it would be the acid, Keith tells us. Is that what Keith said? Oh, my goodness. So Larissa had bought a huge supply of hydrochloric acid, more than her company ever used. And then Keith uses the word... Oh, yeah. The D word, Mm -hmm. diabolical, at which point Dennis Murphy jumped onto the set from behind the cameraman and karate chopped Keith in the face and said, that's my word. I'm enough. You get everything, Keith. Let me have my word. Is this before or after the diabolical episode? I feel like it's before. It's way before. Also, it's said three times in the promo, in like the beginning part when they're like doing bits from the episode. Who else says diabolical? Lester. Lester says it. Lester. I know. So I'm sorry. Dennis has not been single crossed. He's been double crossed. It's really bad. (sighs) Two crossings. I'm upset. Yeah, it's not good. Let's just hope he doesn't remember, hasn't seen this one. Yeah. Just let's just try to move past. Don't tell him. No one tell him. Yeah, no one. 
call it's him. It's still your word, Dennis. To us, yeah. it will always be your word. Absolutely. Even though this episode really could have been named Diabolical, and that's one of my alternative titles. Yeah. It's fine. And even though this episode came before Dennis actually said Diabolical. Diabolicals? No, it can't. It doesn't work. That sounds okay. weird. Sorry, I'm trying to... Diabolicals. It sounds like testicles. He was growing yeah. cojones. They kept saying he needed to grow a pair. So diabolical. Diabolical. <laughs> diabolical. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So Larissa's lawyer said that she's a very, wait for it, Christian woman. She even headed up the Bible study in her jail cell while she's awaiting trial. Do we get anybody else weighing in on this? Do the um, Solises, do they weigh in on that? Do they say anything about church? No, they do not. Okay, so she's just doing that to look good for her. So then we can mark finding Jesus off on the bingo cards if this is a new pursuit of hers. Um, Man, I don't know. I really don't know. Once again, hate to say it, but um, how do I explain it to these lawyers on Dateline that someone being religious has about as little to do with if they could murder someone as their grades and if they were the president of their ASB do. Like, they couldn't have been a murderer. They chose the theme for the spring fling. The theme was murder, but still. I, I feel like these are great things that play in, like, America's heartland, right? He was the captain of the football team, a straight-A student. He couldn't have killed his parents. I think it's that kind of logic that you don't want to believe that this smart kid that was going places could do this. It's a look, the lawyer's doing the right thing by playing these cards. Maybe I'm just too jaded. I think you're jaded. I think that for a lot of juries, I think it's probably why you won't ever sit on a jury. Because I hear religious and I instantly go, murderer. Right. You're like, nope. Nope. They, they did, did it. it. Yeah. So I think that. Uh, you just see straight too much A student. Line. They did it smartly. Yeah, they did it. Yeah, or I'm disappointed in you. You should have done it better. You yeah. should, you should so, have gotten caught. There we go. So her lawyer says it's all circumstantial, and mm -hmm. that it was James who did all the murdering. James mm -hmm. had a very dark side, and the lawyer says that Larissa found out that James had killed him and put him in the acid, and she knew the police would focus on her because of those emails. And everything bad she had said about Tim to her coworkers and her friends and her acquaintances and that waitress at Applebee's and that <laughs> guy who held the elevator for her once. And so she decided that she would be a suspect. So she decided to help James hide the body by moving the barrel into her storage unit, which is a very interesting strategy because... I feel like she could have just as easily said, well, he was my assistant. He could have easily gotten my keys to the storage unit and found out where I rented a storage unit and put the barrel in there. I don't know why he would do it to frame her or to maybe he wanted a safe place to show mommy what he did for her. Like when a cat brings in a bird and drops it at your feet. I think that there's more evidence of them being at the storage unit. I think that there's another set of evidence to that. Like a video? Right. Video or someone saw them or something like that where she can't, where she has to come up with another reason. Because otherwise, I think she would have used that. Interesting. I think she had to, someone saw her there or there is proof of her being there. Yeah, because storage units usually have really good security footage. They do. Even then, even in 2003, I would think they would have some kind of surveillance that would see a blonde woman. With a barrel. size, with a barrel going in with a young gentleman. Not so gentleman. Right. I agree. Okay. 
The lawyer said she knew she was in a terrible situation and she was having the day from hell. You know who was having a great day? Her son and Tim. Tim, her her ex-husband, was having the best day I'm of his so life. I'm so sorry. You were having a bad day, though, Larissa. He was having a real bidet. So <laughs> Larissa takes the stand because she likes to be in control and speak for herself. Mm-hmm. We have all heard how she loves to speak for herself on those voicemails. Mm-hmm. So she says on the stand that hindsight is twenty twenty, and she was overwhelmed. You need hindsight to tell you not to put a barrel filled with a soup of acid and your husband into your storage facility. Hind- you needed hind. Okay, Kimberly, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, she's going to be on twenty twenty. I mean, don't worry about it. It's fine. She's doing great. She didn't have hindsight. So would you call um, her being on the stand? Larissa explains nothing at all. I would. <laughs> Why did you save that for your title? It is one of my titles. Should I save that? <laughs> it's good. Because I feel like it's more it's more suited now when she's on the stand. So I'm I'm letting it go. <laughs> so she says she first learned about the murder when James showed up at her house and said he killed Tim by accident. How did. Okay. He fell into the acid like the Wicked Witch? I just have to start going with the flow more and not questioning these people. Yeah, no, she's got, I mean, she's got this. You need to just trust that she's got this. That it totally makes sense that he did it by accident. Yeah. So he put the body in a barrel at her lab at the warehouse. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I would think they'd have cameras there, too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Her buying all that acid was just a happy coincidence. She had bought all the acid to give the cleaning bottles in her lab a good cleaning. And it was just lucky that she had any acid left when she happened to have a body in a barrel that needed to be dissolved. Wait, where did the barrel come from? James bought bought the barrel. I thought the barrel was at the warehouse of the lab. Okay, so James, all right. Because James also worked at that company. He did? Well, he was her assistant, and I... It's unclear if he was like an employee of the company type assistant or like a personal paid under the table. There was something going on under the table. Yeah, I think he was a, at the around the house handy handyman <laughs> assistant. That's who I think he was, right? I don't know. Unclear. He had a 4.0 GPA. He could get hired at a biochemical firm, Katie. That's true. Why don't they tell us, though? Why aren't they telling us why? It's only an hour episode. Okay. So the prosecutor says that no one uses acid to clean lab glasses anymore, but Larissa is old school. She still uses leeches when she has a fever. So Mm -hmm. Larissa is on the stand for five days, and in that five days, it seems like she hypnotizes everyone. This reporter who is covering the case tells Keith that if she hadn't seen the first trial, she would have bought it completely. Wow. And this other friend says she was unflappable, an unflappable Shh. Clovis. So woman. is she, so she's a psychopath. Ye, maybe. She's a sociopath. Unclear. Okay. Or everyone's just really dumb. She knows, it seems like she knows exactly what to say on the stand. She's very calm. She only slightly looks like when Charlize Theron played that serial killer in Monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hair is a little unruly on this Clovis native. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. She's got like a poodle thing because she's got floof in the front, then slick, then poof. Yeah. Poof, slick, poof. So as she steps down, a jury member, unprecedented 
gives her a thumbs up. Okay. How is that not like a straight up mistrial immediately? How is that not? That just seems like the judge would immediately throw it out, right? Yeah. The judge asked the juror, why did you do that? And the juror says, I wanted Larissa to know that she did a good job. Okay, it's at this point that I'm going to remind everyone that this jury is not from Clovis. This jury is from Los Angeles because they're all in Los Angeles at this point. So Los Angeles people are just nicer. That's unheard of. I don't know what in the world is going on. Everyone needs a little positive reinforcement sometimes. Why don't you ever give me a thumbs up when I take the stand? I think we should be as encouraging to each other as this juror member and as our Care-of vitamin and supplement packets are to us. Oh, that's the truth. Care-of vitamin and supplement packets. My Care-of vitamin and supplement packet that I took today said, Hi, Kimberly. And I was like, how do you know my name, Care-of? No. Oh, boy. I was like, hi to you as well. And then it said, we are always the same age inside, Gertrude Stein. And I think that means that we are basically always babies inside. I think it's whatever age that you choose to be. Like, I liked April when I was 12. Isn't that what Aaron likes on The Office? Yes. Do you have a favorite month or year? (laughs) Either way, I really liked the quote. It made me feel young. Me too. I appreciated it. Young at heart. There are hundreds of health supplements on the market, and even if you find a brand you trust, it can be hard to know what you actually need or what'll work for your specific health goals. Um, Last night, my mom called me and said that she heard from a neighbor that I should be taking turmeric. Huh. I was like, what's turmeric, mom? And she's like, I don't know, but you should be taking it. This sort of advice that I get on a daily basis. So... Did you think turmeric... Tumeric to quit. Hey, hey. I tumeric. Tumeric to quit. I did not think that. Perhaps I should have. Yeah. With care of, you simply take their fun, easy, and quick online quiz, and you'll instantly receive your scientifically backed recommendations based on Ooh. your goals, your lifestyle, how much stress you have, what your sleep schedule's like, what your diet's mm. like, how many Pop Tarts you're eating on a daily basis, if it's like one pack or perhaps three packs. Whatever. One through twelve. Yeah. You then you get your hassle-free vitamins and supplements sent right to your door in personalized packs. They also have protein mm. powders that are made of real ingredients like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan sea salt. Ooh. I just love that they're expanding to cover every aspect of your health and beauty, your hair and your skin, everything that you need to feel your best, look your best, be your best you. So for 50% off, 50, yes. your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code date, dateline 50. That's 50% off your first care of order by going to takecareof.com and entering code date, dateline 50. It's 50. <laughs> Percent off. <laughs> I love it. That was a good callback. Good. Thank you, care of. Thank you, care of. Check them out, guys. So the judge allows this is insane. Like you said, it should have been a mistrial or something. That juror should have been kicked off at least and an alternate brought in. Yeah. The judge allows the jury member who gives the thumbs up to stay on the trial. 
How? It seems so strange to me. Maybe it's an unofficial rule. It just seems like in really weird, it seems very conflicty of interesty. Something. It seems really bad that you could do not, something. Right. But maybe there's no written rule about it. I don't know. Maybe a lawyer could law, if law could check in with us and let us know if they've ever seen anything like that before. So here's what I thinking might have happened is that if it was the last juror to leave the room that day and she gave her a thumbs up and no one else saw, that's what the lawyer is arguing. It can stay. She can stay because no one else saw it, but it might influence if they had seen it. It would influence me if I saw the person next to me give a thumbs up. You bet it would influence me. It would influence me in the negative because I would immediately start judging that juror and think their opinion is horse's manure and I would go the opposite. So well, what if you agreed with them? I would immediately think that I was wrong and I should not agree with them. You do not have a very high opinion of your fellow man. No, I no, I don't. Not a juror member that would give a murderer like her a thumbs up. Okay, but I think that you would be influenced even if you agreed that that person didn't do it, even if you agreed that Larissa is totally innocent and you saw someone give a thumbs up. I still feel like you'd be like, "Mm." like, I think it would influence you to like, I don't know. I just feel like you'd think differently in the jury room. It would make me think differently in one way or another. It might make you think you were also on the right track. It might. Maybe. I don't know. Although I already feel like this juror member was just really annoying anyway. Like, I don't know. Who doesn't know that you can't give a thumbs up? Janet. And I feel like Janet gets like smelly tuna fish sandwiches and eats them right next to you and wants to talk to you. And you're like, not now, Janet. And not then, now, mayonnaise mouth. Yeah. yeah and mm-hmm. then she's giving thumbs up in, in court and you're not supposed to do that. It's like, damn it, Janet. How do you not know this yet? Get no, a clue. She doesn't know. No, she doesn't know. Take a mint, for God's sakes. So the judge has that juror stay on the trial. But then, then another juror is dismissed for being disruptive and failing to pay attention. So what was that all about? Was that juror on drugs? Sorry, I know that I had a bad drug theory last episode, but I'm again thinking what could possibly be so distracting? What were they playing with glitter? What were they doing? <laughs> what could possibly have been so distracting? I feel like they were sighing a lot and being like, "Ugh," and rolling their eyes and things Oh, do like you that. think so? <laughs> Or like fake yawning with it. Like, <sighs> I want to know specifics on what that means. Like, were they taking out a bag of Skittles that they'd hidden? Right, and like, like opening? crunching really crunch, like crunch, crunch. No, they were slowly opening the bag mm-hmm. and slowly opening the crinkly plastic. Yes, and yeah. it's like just open it already. Yeah, they they asked the juror after the reporter does what what were you thinking about? the trial and they didn't feel like Larissa was guilty. So that makes me think they were sighing of boredom when the prosecution was doing their spiel and rolling their eyes. And then maybe when Larissa was on trial, they were not giving thumbs up, but doing was on the stand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Doing something. I don't know. But so what is what? I just feel like there's something wrong with this jurors. This this is a mistrial. You got to start over. You need to start over. No. Why do all these jurors think that Larissa is doing so great and they think she's so innocent? Like, 
Maybe jurors in Clovis are smarter than jurors in L.A. Well, maybe she's really good on the stand. I believe that reporter. Like, maybe she's that good that she, like, came in guns a-blazing and was just not knocking everything down, had a reason for everything. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I wish we'd gotten to see some of it, because I'd love to have seen what happened. Well, we did see hindsight, and she didn't have hindsight. It's 2020. <laughs> I wasn't that impressed with that, though. Yeah, that's true. So the jury only takes two days to deliberate, and we're nervous because of what we've heard so far. Oh, yeah. Um, And... They finally, on the third day, they find her guilty. I couldn't believe it. I thought for sure she was going to be innocent. And then all of a sudden she was going to pop up on the screen. And I was like, no. (laughs) So Keith points out with delight in his voice that even thumbs up juror turned (laughs) on Larissa. And I yelled, not thumbs up juror. I thought they were going to be BFFs forever. Not thumbsy. Not thumbsy upsy. I here's I have a theory about this. I think Larissa did not give a reaction back to thumbs up juror. And if Larissa had given a wink and a little finger gun action back to thumbs up juror, then thumbs up juror would have stayed loyal to her. Like, you know, when you're driving and someone lets you in and you give them a thank you wave and you get nothing back, not even a nod. And if that cuts deep in your soul. And I think that all it would have taken is a little like, okay, she can't do that. But I think a slight winky, I think a hint of a wink, a hint of a wink and a nod. Yeah. And a little smile, the corners of your, yes, yes. A subtle smile, subtle smile. Yeah. Head nod, maybe a fluttering of the eyelid. Like it could be, you have something in your eye, but you're also kind of winking. And a little secret symbol between them. And she would have had a hung jury. Pretending to fix her eyebrow and doing like an okay. (laughs) I've never seen that before. I've never done it before. But now that I'm thinking about it, just did a little like that. So for those of you who cannot see us, which is all of you, Katie is taking her, her pointer finger and rubbing it along her eyebrow, like she's smoothing her eyebrow. And then when she gets to the edge of to the, the eyebrow, end, you're her, making the okay her, symbol. Her thumb is coming up to meet her pointer finger. So it's making a circle, and her fingers are up in the air. And it this is. This may also be a gang symbol and/or dog whistle sign. I'm not <laughs> sure, but in the in my world, it means okay. So that's um, that's what I think. And I grew up near Clovis. So I feel like that is the Central Valley symbol for you're okay. I think that's it. I think we nailed it. So basically, Larissa's entire rest of her life could have been different if she just would have given that eyebrow smooth okay. That's correct. Or that, which you're saying she couldn't do. She can't do that. It's too much. What about just the sound, the sound and just gone... No, no sound. No sound. The sound is what's too Finger much. Finger guns? What about one gun? You can do a one gun if you're making it something else. So if you're brushing your hair and you do a one gun. You what have if to she had done mask it as an something. invisible tip of the hat? That's too much. What it, why are your gestures so big? These are way too big. It's very fossy. Yeah, it's yeah, all of your gestures are like she's doing Come on, babe. Why don't we paint the town? Um, what if she had done that? 
and all dances. Yeah. Uh-huh. Broken oh, into that song on the stand. And they would have been like, I got a song from her. She gets me. Not guilty, really. <laughs> but I think instead she just like, I think she gave her that juror. She just looked away or she even rolled her eyes in attitude when she got a thumbs up. Maybe she's kind of attitude I'm sure she's like, I know I did well. Yeah, thanks. Like, I need your opinion. Oh, right. I forgot that your opinion is the only one that actually matters now, juror. Right. She doesn't think like that. <sighs> Gosh. Yeah. So the judge gives her life in prison and she's stoic. She doesn't have much of a reaction, but there's a lady crying in the background. And Keith says she still had one friend in the courtroom. <laughs> one lone friend. One dumb, dumb friend, Keith is implying with his words. So I want to know who that friend is. It's not the one that said she was unflappable, right? I don't know if it was. Do you think that was that friend? I feel like Keith would have said it was the unflappable Clovis friend. Okay, maybe so. Right? Who was crying? I've been guessing it was her mom. Like, I think it was her mother. Her parents are still alive. No, because Keith said it was a friend. But I think Keith maybe is just mistaken. I think he's more like she had one ally. I think he's using friend in an ally way. I don't know. That lady was upset. I think it was her mother. And she realized that she bore a monster. (laughs) That could be. She was crying for a whole reason. She was crying for her own mortal soul. Yeah. That makes much more sense. Yeah. So her son thinks she's innocent, which is no surprise. He's still little. I don't know who he's living with. He's not little. Wasn't he at this time? I don't think so. In all the photos. In the pictures, he looks older. He looks at least like 12. Okay. Really? I thought. Maybe I could be totally wrong. Six. Mm, Okay. Maybe so. Maybe there's another photo I missed. Uh, So who is he living with? If he's living with her parents. He is. He's living with the maternal grandparents. Well, then it's no reason he thinks that she's innocent because they're poisoning but no, she thinks her she's going to hell because she bore a, a se- demon seed. She's well, we hiding don't know it that. for the grandson, though. Yeah, grandson's never going to know about that. Well, we find out from, oh, this might be outside information. Maybe we don't find out in the episode. But we find out from the daughter, Kristen, that she has very limited access to her brother. Oh, that's a shame. Brainwashing. Yeah. So then Keith reminds us about the daughter, Kristen, the one she sent away. Mm-hmm. Kristen speaks to the court against her mother at her hearing. Mm-hmm. And she says the justice system should be an eye for an eye. So basically she's saying she wants her mother to be dissolved in a vat of acid. Yeah, she is. Like that's legitimately what she's saying. Yeah. And no one can blame her. She's real mad. Yeah. And she, I'm sure, was like, you sent me away so you could kill my dad. Right. Mm-hmm. because you know that I never would have let this happen. Yeah. If he was here, she probably would have been living with her dad, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also, why didn't she come back when they were living separated? Yeah, that was strange. I wondered that too. But she, maybe think it she was... turned 18 by then. Oh, there's a very good chance. That's a good point. Um, Can we give a shout out and thank our Patronus? Yes. At this point, before we go into the rest of our... Yes. I would like to thank Raimi. Ramy is a friend of ours. Ramy. We have not thanked her, even though she's been a Patronus forever. Oh, my goodness. Say something nice about Ramy, Kate. You really should have let me prepare. That's not fair. Off the cuff. You can't spring that one on me. 
I've known Ramey since junior high. Mm-hmm. She is the oldest friend that I have. Mm-hmm. And we have been through many adventures. She is very dear to me. She is one of the reasons that I like cats so much. So you can thank Ramey for that. Ramey, I'm putting you on blast. Mm, um, thanks. She is the most beautiful, sweetest, kindest hearted person you could ever meet. I'm very lucky to have her as a friend. That hurt a little, but I agree. Why did it hurt? It hurt you because you're selfish? Because I can't have two people that I think are the most beautiful, sweetest people, and you'd be lucky to have them as a friend? That's what the word most means. There's no one else. Oh, excuse me. She is a beautiful... No, I'm just kidding. She really is. She she is a beautiful, kind... I didn't know I said the most. She is a beautiful, (laughs) kind, and genuinely good-hearted person, and I am lucky to have her as a friend. She's very talented, too. Very creative. She is unbelievably talented and was voted best dress in eighth grade. What? I did not know Uh that. Oh, sure. Sure was. And also, Rami, this episode's for you because of Clovis. So I didn't even do that on purpose. Oh, it's perfect. Thank you, Rami, for all your support. Thank you, Rami. We love you. We love you. Okay. Um... I'd like to do a little promo from our friends at the Fresh Hell podcast. They are an international. Well, one is in America and one is in Vienna, which I think is really cool. Oh, how cool is that? I know. They're so much cooler than us. And they also cover not only murder, but mystery and the macabre. Oh, I love it. I love every bit of that. Right? I thought you might like that. Love it. Love it so much. Uh Uh-huh. This is straight for Katie, this whole podcast. It's awesome. And uh, so they covered, like, really, really cool stuff. Like, you're going to hear some really dark. It's not for kids. It's, yeah, it's dark. It's very fun. So um, check them out, everybody. I'm Annie from Boston, Massachusetts. And I'm Johanna from Vienna, Austria. We are the hosts of Fresh Hell, your international podcast that covers murder, mystery, and the macabre throughout history. Are you interested in the 3,569 ways your household could have killed you in the Victorian era? Do you know how malaria and syphilis played a role in the John List family murders? And have you ever wondered what Prince Albert's sex chair had to do with the murder of Stanford White? Okay, nothing. It had nothing to do with it. We're still telling you about it, though. It's a pretty great sex chair. If you're looking for another show that talks about Ted Bundy, this is probably not the podcast for you. But if you're looking for two women that cover lesser-known cases from all over the world with a lot of background information. So much background information that you will rock your local pub quiz from now on. Then find Fresh Hell Podcast on your favorite podcast app. We also have German Cannibals. See you soon. Tschüss. All right, I'm going to be checking them out. I really only had B-roll Bonanza that was the flowing gas- gaseous liquidy material of the acid, really. There wasn't a lot of, like, outside walking or anything. Maybe episode this was, was enough. before they did that. No, we did have, like, Mary and Bob walking. Oh, we did? The Solises. Yeah, but, like, for an instant, and they weren't, you couldn't tell where they were, and they weren't doing anything odd. Was there a body of water by them? No, it was, like, through a hallway. So I don't know where they were. Courthouse? I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I have um, a quote, though. Oh, good. Chemistry. What passion it arouses. There's a balance to the elements of a marriage, a happy formula, a chemistry of love. And when the elements are unstable, 
chemistry destroyed a marriage and then ended a life as well. Ooh, is that the final quote? Keith, not, yes. Chemistry did not really um, end a life. That's like, I don't want to be like a guns don't kill people, people kill people. But it's not, I mean, the acid did, may have killed him, but really like the people, they killed him. There's good things that acid and chemistry can do. I don't, I'm not saying that chemistry was to blame for this, but I like mm. where he's going with the symbolism. Okay. But he's also blaming chemistry. I think that's okay. I think it's poetic. And I think we have to give him poetic license. I did like when he said, a happy formula. And I was like, formula, elements. Um, I see what you're doing, Keith. I'm going to tell you a funny story about chemistry that happened to me whilst I was watching this episode. I was okay. watching this episode. Um, and I smelled something funny and not like a good funny, like a bad funny, like something might be on fire funny, <gasps> like a very chemical smell. And it was really weird because it was while all the fumes were happening in the episode. And I was like, what's, but why am I smelling it? Why am I smelling what they're showing me on the screen? Uh, so come to find out, uh, I had two paper plates at my house. I don't know where they came from, but they have hearts on them. And I was microwaving a breakfast burrito and some zucchini fries. And I put it on the heart plate and the heart plate had foil in it. <gasps> and I didn't know the hearts had foil. They were <gasps> foiled hearts. And I, I just didn't see it. Um, and so I almost blew up it, the microwave. That's pretty it funny. It smelled so bad. Yeah. And then I took the plate out and there was like this little burn hole in the foil and it smelled awful because it's a coated plastic with foil it was a nightmare like the the smell of chemicals was so strong while i was watching this episode that i was like <laughs> this is this is a little too real right now i don't know what i don't what's happening it felt weird it, it was too it was too much coincidence and i know you don't believe in coincidence but that was a lot that was a lot but i if also you had been somehow for the first time in your life working with bunsen burners in your house and something had happened, then I would be like, that's a crazy coincidence. I was working with a burner last night, and uh, whatever it's called, induction burner. What? Induction burner. Do you know what that is? Yes. Why were you? Because I depot uh, eyeshadow palettes on them. Oh, my God. And I have a special one for depotting eyeshadow palettes. Oh, my God. So I was doing it last night, but I was too tired to do it, and I kept breaking shadows, so I had to stop. I don't even understand. Okay. You're welcome. Why? I don't know what that means. Why? It's very that? cool because it's fun. Okay. Wow. Arts and crafts with makeup. Time. I do. Okay. I appreciate that. I, whatever um, it gives your soul. Is what that. did you want to name this episode besides this? Um, Dropping acid and truth bombs. Oh, God. Uh, Larissa's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day from hell. Oh, that's good. Um. And then I tried to get somewhere with thumbs up, th thumbs up, thumbs, heads up, seven up. I don't know. Thumbs up your Clovis. Uh, no, like no. The Rolling Stones. Oh, OK. There we go. And it doesn't really make sense just because of stones. Mm, OK. She should be stoned. I don't know. Yeah. I got nothing. Do we think that James was stoned? Did you hear in James in his interview, he kept saying, I was really messed up. I was really messed up. He said it four or five times. And I was like, what does he mean? Maybe he was dropping acid 
And that's where he got the idea. But that's what was so weird. It's like, that's why I was kind of like, is she giving him something? Like, what hold does she have oh, on James? Ma- but not like must, like pot, like LSD or something. Is that it makes LSD him or that something? Up, she, like hallucinating. She works in a lab. So I don't. Um, also, Interesting. by the my only title is That One Night. And if you haven't seen that, the dinner party from the office, that's what That One Night is from. So, um, really quick, the outside info. Uh, he was in the barrel with his feet up. His head was down. And they couldn't fill the, the barrel with acid. And so she made James go back the next day and pour more acid in. Open it on the dead body. Uh, and pour uh, acid in. Uh. So, yeah, and he was talking about the smell in this episode. That's what he's talking about was day two. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So When it hurt um, his lungs. Right, exactly. So, also, she had apparently complained like crazy to her nail person, who she'd been going to for like 10 years, and the nail person flipped on her. It was like she always talked about killing him. And also her hairdresser said that it had been getting creepy. Like, everyone talks like that about, you know, their spouse or whatever, but... Hers was like a little diabolical. Um, Just don't, you don't have to tell everyone. Keep yeah. Keep it to yourself. No, they want to tell everyone. Okay, hang on. There was one more important bit of thing. And also a lot of information on this is on murderpedia.org is where I found some of the stuff. Um, so Tim, the reason that she killed Tim was kind of unclear. Like, what did you think the motive was? Because the son or money? It's not it, the weird thing is so he only had like thirty thousand of life insurance, like really low life insurance. I so the big thing um, was not the life insurance money. It was that she owned part of his her lab, and so she kept telling people, "I don't, I'm never going to give him the business." So when they were saying he was going after her in the divorce, he was holding firm. Like that's what they were talking about. He grew a pair because he was not letting that go. Oh. He was going to keep his portion of the lab. Oh, and she was a control freak. Correct. That makes sense. Yeah. So there was a lot about that. But what I really want to find out is what was up with her relationship with the kid. Why? I, it had been something that he had done projects for them around the house and stuff. But he had. she had apparently, this is something I read that was interesting, when he said he was scared of her, it's because she told him, I know I know people in high places. I know criminals. I have connections to the Masons. She specifically name-dropped the Masons, that organization. Really? Like, she basically made it seem like she could, like, she was Illuminati. He was kind of young and impressionable and just bought it. That makes sense. Is he book smart and not street smart? Yes. Is he not book smart, actually, at all, though? He is, though, because he has a 4.0. So just like I might be more street smart and not 4.0. Can we say that? Oh, definitely. I think you're book smart as well. That's not true. I don't like to read, but I mean, I do like to read. You like to read way more than I do. That's true. That's not true. That's not true. You were an English major. That's. It doesn't mean I like to read. (laughs) I never finished any of those what books. Does it mean? What does that mean? It means you like to like, what I like is that to called? start books. I just never finish them. You like to diagram sentences? Is that what English majors do? Yeah. Adverb. Yeah. Okay, moving on. I'm really not good at diagramming sentences. So. Nobody is good at it. If you're good at it, then you're like one of those savant people. You like, you know what I'm saying? That's what you're, okay, go ahead. Let's go with that. 
Um, so I think that's it. That's all we have for this week. Thank you, guys. Oh, the reason we did this episode is because Dateline was a repeat, and it was one that we had already covered. It was a villainous plan. So everyone check it out. List, watch it if you haven't seen it. It's a That's like bananas episode. That's with Dennis doing the voice modulator. And oh, snap. it's the okay. one with the new head who dis. Again, I think you're really jaded because this is also a bananas episode, Kimberly. Vat of acid. Oh, I know. That's why I picked it. It's big. I know. It's, Clovis. It's as big as a barrel of acid of or monkeys <laughs> or Tim. So Poor Tim. I know. I feel bad so for sad. Kristen. Um, so, and the sun. Um, so mm. thank you guys. Follow him on social media and consider becoming a Patreon. That's how we do these episodes every week for everyone to enjoy. And all levels of support are appreciated. And, and check out Double Date, which is our new second podcast we're trying to give people more content in this time of corona and so we're doing episodes on fridays too called a double day with dateline and they're lately are being id network crazy bonker shows like just as crazy as dateline sometimes more so so uh yeah plus reenactments so plus reenactments come on and also we hope our Patreons are enjoying our 90 Day Hooray, our series on 90 Day Fiance, and our recap of Tiger King, which we released to Patreons of all levels. And so check those out. Check those out. Yeah. That's up. And um, don't watch alone, except you're supposed to. Except, sorry, you're still watching alone. Sorry. So- Watch alone, social distancing. Actually, I'm enjoying that because it means I don't have to come up with a watch with something else i saw you almost start the struggle and i the the struggle is real and i why i don't do it ahead of time because i think people like to watch me struggle i well i i usually don't let it make it sound like you're struggling (laughs) so (laughs) um if you also have something that you don't watch alone watch with blank send it to us maybe we'll put it in oh yeah that'd be good take suggestions there you go table take suggestions um and my, 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 Corona. Ding, People are dying, Katie. I know, and I don't mean to make light of it. I'm just anything to take the edge off. <laughs> Try Pop-Tarts. Try Pop-Tarts. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. It's Perfect. working. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Stay safe. There, there's a lot of reference to him not having any cojones. What are, are you um, mixing eyeshadows as I'm trying to do a recap? No, I s- that's not that's not eyeshadow. What is it? Glitter? Nope. Maybe. Yeah, it's glitter, right? You're doing something with glitter. I was putting it in this little pot. Mm-hmm. Can I keep it in the pot? I'm trying to work over here. I'm working. Mm-hmm. On glitter. <laughs> Sorry. I got caught. You held it right up to the camera, brazenly. I got, I got. You got sloppy. I got sloppy is what I got. All right, that's fine. So one day. I can just sit there. One day, you could.